Welcome to another free first hour episode of the Higher Side Chats. I know we want to get into the action, but I have to ask that you help me armor us up a bit for the bumpy road ahead. Because I bring you the first hour of this show without unrelated ad nonsense as a proof of concept. And if you value it, then come over to THC Plus for the $8 a month and hear the full two-hour interviews as they were designed to be and as you would enjoy them most. Go to thehiresidechats.com or just click the link in the show notes to get started and within a minute you'll be plugging in your new Plus Show RSS feed into a hopefully decentralized podcasting 2.0 supported app. Feed the things you want to grow and starve the things that gotta go and we will reach the promised land. Think about that and enjoy the show. In the 1930s, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt addressed the nation through a series of radio broadcasts known as the Fireside Chats. His aim was to reassure the common man that our society would recover from its troubled times. Well, we're far from 1930, and I deal with a different kind of fire. For a new era of worldly frustration, we offer a fresh conversation. I'm Greg Carlwood, and these are the Higher Side Chats. Happy days are here again, Hireside Chatters from sunny San Diego. I'm Greg Carlwood, and despite the fear porn producing media and the cornucopia of pressures coming from the big machine, it seems that the more we can unplug from the system and explore modalities and processes that enrich our inner world, the easier and more fulfilling everything gets. And we've talked a lot about things like meditation, plant medicine, sigil making, astrology, tarot, channeling, astral travel, manifestation, past life regression, and a laundry list of techniques to tuck into our magical toolbox that help us understand ourselves, our place in the world, and the unseen side of this human experience. Well, one esoteric alleyway we've yet to wander down is that of automatic writing. And after reading the latest book of our guest, Michael Sandler, it's something I'm happy we can correct today. It's called Awe, the Automatic Writing Experience, How to Turn Your Journaling into Channeling and Get Unstuck, Find Direction, and Live Your Greatest Life. And it certainly made me more interested in a process that I didn't realize was nearly as effective as it seems to be. If you don't know Michael, he's the co-host of the popular Inspire Nation show, a transformational self-help spiritually focused podcast and YouTube channel, along with his wife, fellow coach and teacher Jessica Lee. And he's a best-selling author, speaker, entrepreneur, visionary, coach, and the co-author of Inspire Nation University and the Automatic Writing Experience online course. Michael has taught automatic writing to thousands of people worldwide, and through his open-hearted warrior training program, he has also helped thousands more transform their lives over the course of 25 years. He's had two near-death experiences, wrote two books on running and walking barefoot, and is a man on a mission to elevate consciousness and help the world's light shine bright. A worthy goal, if there ever was one, here he is, automatic writing authority, manifestation master, and teacher of magical tools, Michael Sandler. Welcome to the higher side. Thank you, Greg, so much for having me here, and a mighty woohoo! <laughs> I like it. Yes, this is a treat, man. Thanks for coming on. I first heard you talking with my friend and colleague, Gordon White, on his Rune Soup podcast, and got the book from there. And I gotta say, I'm excited to get into it because... This seems like a very useful tool that definitely goes underreported on. It's something that's been used. It's been used by whether it's mystics, by sages, by authors for thousands and thousands of years. It really became popular in the mid-1800s with the whole spiritualism movement. 
It was used by Carl Jung. It's been used by Freud. It's been used in modern times. You've got David Byrne. You've got the Red Hot Chili Peppers who made an album, Awe, standing for Automatic Writing One and Awe Two. So it has been around. And I mean, things like A Course in Miracles was channeled through automatic writing. It's been around forever, but nobody has written a definitive guide that says, step one, do this, step two, do that, step three, and so forth. And so we put the technology out there so that everybody can learn how to do automatic writing. And what is automatic writing in essence is going into kind of a trance-like or meditative-like state. You don't have to be a great meditator, putting pen to paper and having the pen begin to write for you from your higher self, your higher team, angels, guides, light workers. If you're a, you know, atheist or agnostic, call it your inner wisdom, but the pen moves for you and you get profound words of wisdom about who you are, where you're going, why you're here, why you're in this world, and what in the world to do from here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, man. And you do say in the book that it's not a Ouija board, it's not a crystal ball, and it's not dictation from some booming voice in your head, but as the book goes on, it starts to sound pretty close to all three of those things at times, couldn't you say? Well, you are going to be able to speak with your loved one on the other side, and that the whole spiritualism movement and new thought movement, I guess it was before it was called new thought in the 1800s, ended up using automatic writing for just that, communicating with loved ones on the other side. Where it differs from something like a Ouija board is a Ouija board is casting a spiritual net into the river or stream of the universe. And whatever spirit you attract in, that's who's communicating with you. And that's where it can get kind of freaky. <laughs> with automatic writing, you're going first off, you're surrounding yourself in a bubble of love and light. You're going to the highest level you can. Buddha, Jesus, Allah, Jehovah, Adonai, you name it. You're going to source energy. And then from that source energy level, now you can choose specifically who you want to communicate with. So I'm teaching a course, a mastery class on manifestation, which I meet every Wednesday and use automatic writing to channel a master. And so for the month of January, I channeled Napoleon Hill. Then it was Neville Goddard. Then Florence Scovel Shin. Now it's Wallace Waddles. Next month, Joseph Murphy. I choose what channel. That's the whole definition of channeling. I choose which channel I wish to be on. I could go to the Einstein channel if I want and then draw them in. And that's not something you'd really do with a Ouija board. Wow. Yes. Well, I would certainly love to hear what Robert Anton Wilson or George Carlin had to say about the last oh year God. and a half. So maybe I will get into this stuff, you know? Now, that would be quite interesting to say the least. <laughs> yes. And... So it sounds like you personally were in a pretty rough place when you started automatic writing. You were recovering from a near fatal accident and your wife, Jessica, was ill with mold toxicity. You eventually uncovered in the attic. Seems like a trying time to start a practice like this. But talk to us about how it helped you get from there to here. Well, desperation is the mother of invention. There's no better time to try something new when what you're doing just ain't working. Mm. And so we were long-term meditators. We were holding space in a meditation center in Maui for two, three, four hours a day for anyone who came in. It was this beautiful environment. And we we're in this sacred space and we were lost. We were completely and totally lost. I was recovering from my second near-death experience. Jessica was sick with mold toxicity. Our business was crashing. We couldn't make any money because she's sick, I'm injured. 
and you're going, how in the world, you know, David Byrne, my God, what have I done? My God, how did I get here? We're going, why are we here? Why are we so lost? Why is everything falling apart? And who do we communicate with? Because if we're spiritual beings having a human existence and we're spending all this time in meditation and we still feel lost, how do we get grounded? How do we find an inner GPS that can help us get out of this muck and this mire? And I had learned a process that later morphed into automatic writing years earlier. And finally, out of desperation, I dove back into it and allowed myself to have, if not faith or trust in the process, I allowed myself to approach it without judgment. Because the words I had been getting in automatic writing before then, which caused me to quit and quit again and quit again, were telling me, you're going to be a teacher, you're going to be a leader, you're going to be speaking before thousands or millions from a mountaintop up on high. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. That's my ego. And I didn't do podcast or radio or any of that stuff at the time. And turns out that's what I am at this point. But once I was willing to suspend disbelief and dive in, I started getting guidance. Start the show. Here's how you get the show going, which is now international, you name it, spiritual self-help podcast and YouTube show. Here's how you get your coaching business going. Here's how you get your book business going again. Here's how you get your economics on track. Here's how you get your health back. Here is how you heal Jessica. And on and on it went. Once I was willing to suspend disbelief and make it a daily practice. Wow. Yeah, we hear that a lot around here with different esoteric tools that belief kind of is a component. And that's difficult sometimes when we haven't seen the evidence first. It's like a catch-22. But so many people, I think, are in that mindset of, why am I so lost? Why doesn't anything work out for me? Why is it always one step forward, two steps back? And it causes us to callous over and to become bitter and cynical. And I don't know how that serves anybody, but it is just the natural tendency. What might you say is wrong with their mindset or, or what are some techniques that you've discovered even beyond automatic writing to get out of those dark places? Well, it's understanding that this is an energetic game. So first, okay, so it's two different things. Part A, how do we move forward? Then the dark places, let's address that secondly. So bookmark dark places. First, we've got to understand that this is an energetic game. That, you know, you can call it a hologram, you can call it a simulation, you can call it whatever label you want to give this thing. But we're energy in physical form, which actually is energy in energy, having an energetic experience. Once you begin to understand or grasp even the fractional amount of what that one statement means, that your energy having an energetic experience, then you understand that things are more malleable than you realize, that you can change your circumstances. And it doesn't matter if you say there's an ooga booga, this person in charge, that lizard in charge. I don't care what <laughs> in charge. Your energy, man. And this means that it is not, I will believe it when I see it, which sets you up for more of the same. I see my circumstances around me. They suck. Therefore, I'm going to see more circumstances around me, which suck. Right. That is I will believe it when I see it because what you're seeing sucks. So you're going to get more of what you see. The reverse, which is the energetic paradigm, which is the quantum world, is the observer effect, which is I will believe it and then I see it. When I look to see what I am looking for, that is what I will see. That is the observer affecting 
the outcome. When you fully grasp this, you will take up those energetic tools that you first thought were nonsense. Find the one that resonates with you and say, all right, don't know if this works. Don't care if it works today. I'm just going to do it and do it and do it and do it and do it. And we're going to see what happens and play with it. That's part A. So I'm going, there has to be something to this. I know that the message that I'm getting, I don't believe them. That's okay. I'm just going to keep going. Let's see what happens. The second part of it is, if you're stuck in a place of darkness, do something to get out of the darkness and get into the light. Automatic writing is an attunement, first and foremost. It is an energetic, you can call it frequency energizer. It raises your state up. What a silly term. Energy frequency energizer. <laughs> but it gets you in attunement, in resonance, in harmony, in vibration with a higher frequency, and you start to feel better. So you do something like automatic writing if you're in the darkness. You do something like EFT tapping. You do something like emotion code. You do something that involves raising your vibration up or removing emotional blocks and wounds to get you out of the darkness and then start playing in the light. Mm. That's great advice. And I am curious with this attunement, this need for tools to get us back in alignment. Do you think that we come into life attuned and then we just slowly lose it through adulthood or is it engineered out of us? Is it just not compatible with Western society? What are your thoughts on that? All of the above. <laughs> so we come into it imperfect attunement, but the game is rigged for us to forget this. And I believe at this level of evolution, not all levels of evolution, but at this level of evolution, that's perfect for us because God, consciousness, source, universe, energy, field, whatever you want to label this stuff. I jokingly call it the giant cheeseburger or giant vegan cheeseburger in the sky. Call it whatever you want is here to expand and grow through us, within us, about us. And so we get to have at this point in our evolution, challenging experiences for source or whatever we call it to grow, for us to grow, for consciousness to grow and expand. If we remembered fully who and what we are when we come in here, there's nothing to do. Mm. We're energetic beings having an energetic experience pretending that we're wearing a meat suit. <laughs> well, that's go back to heaven, go flit around all over the place. But there's nothing to do if you fully get that. So instead, we get to have collective amnesia and we get to have it. You said programmed, I think you said out of us. Don Miguel Ruiz, who we've had on the show several times with the four agreements, he would say that we're domesticated. And that it is trained out of us, sort of like you train the wildness out of a dog, so to speak. Mm. So we are domesticated to fit in with society. Why is that important? Well, it's great if you don't think you're an energetic being having an energetic experience when there's a truck coming to you in the middle of the road, unless you really do want to go back to the other side sooner rather than later. It's much better that you've been domesticated to cross the road quickly and to look both directions. Mm -hmm. So those pieces are important. It's just a matter of how can we have both? How can we have that level of vibrational attunement and play the game here on Earth? And I don't care who runs the game. It's an Earth school. This is a simulation or whatever you want to call it for our growth, for our expansion. This is a gift. It can hurt like hell, but it's still a gift. 
And if you go, yeah, but it's so dark, it's so this, it's so that, that's story. The story that you're putting on it. We can put a different story that it is for your expansion or growth. That's the story that I believe in. And we can live a greater story when we get back to that state of energy. Look at a baby's eyes. Look at their first few moments. If the doctor didn't do the old school slap them to get them to breathe, look in the baby's eyes. That's the universe you're seeing through those eyes. We can get back to that state as well. That's where I work with people. I'm sure that's what you're doing as well, is how do we get people to that state of higher vibration and remember the magnificent creators that we are. Now let's rock this place. <laughs> Poetic. I like it. Cheers to that. And you also say in the book that you weren't an angel guy before automatic writing, but now you are. And I'm curious about that transition. Was it just something that felt right? Did you make unexpected contact with an archangel? How did you end up becoming an angel guy through this process? It's also in all of the above. So in the beginning, I started writing to spirit. Then I started including some archangels because why not? Then the archangels started speaking to me. And most recently in the book, you'll see I write to Archangel Michael, Archangel Raphael, Archangel Gabriel. Now Archangel Uriel has been visiting me and having long talks with me. So the angels, now I've had two near-death experiences. I knew after that first one that angels, even though I didn't know what that meant, had saved my life. I knew after the second experience where I didn't even have any blood pressure when the EMT or fire rescue squad and helicopters, thank God, got to me that something had kept me alive. That was what I call an inception point, a seed. It's our job to water the seed if we choose and see what grows. And so my connection to the angels became stronger after that. I learned automatic writing, the connection's growing. I'm told I get to write about automatic writing and I'm like, well, you guys are nuts because I'm not gonna teach people how to communicate with angels. This is not my game. My wife is telling me, first and foremost, you get to do it. And I'm like, no, no, no. And finally, I guess universe coerced me into writing this and I'm teaching you, you can call it source energy, you can call it whatever you want, or you can call it the angels. I'm teaching you how to communicate with the other side. And it is such, I can't even say that. I was gonna say it is such a regular part of my life communicating with the angels. We're always in communication with the angels. We can call it energy. We can call it inner wisdom. It's all the same stuff. It's label, it's story we place on it. We're all in communication. It's just, do we want to tune in the dial more? Do we want to hear more? Are we ready to grow that connection or grow the clarity in the connection? And so I have chosen to go down that road and really grow that connection. Now, it's not all of who I am. It's just an energy that we put a story behind it and a name behind it. But those names and those stories can really tremendously help us in life. Mm. Right on. Yeah. So I've heard you say that angels will give us signs and symbols all day long. And we are familiar with synchronicity around here. But can you elaborate on those signs and symbols? Because I don't think a lot of people understand the language of angels in their waking life or energy or some kind of disembodied conscious intelligence that we might be able to interact with or might be able to, I don't know, move the pieces around uh, on the stage of life and what we see because 
to imbue us with synchronicity, they must be able to affect physical reality to a degree. They can affect physical reality to a degree, and they can do it to more of a degree if we ask. The connection, it's not that the connection is necessarily fuzzy, but there's little moving of the pieces on the chessboard that they can do until we ask. They'll help save our lives. This is great. When you turned the car at the last moment and avoided the bus, who do you think did that? When you know who's going to call before somebody is even rung up, where did that come from? So they can play a game, particularly in those life or death moments. Don't go down the dark alley. However, they can't really get involved until we ask. Once we do that, now they can take a more active role. And they do love to speak to us at what I call the three S's, signs, symbols, synchronicities, which are around each and every one of us every single day. What's a sign? Well, go outside in the city and put a question out to the universe. I don't care what it is. Listen to the first three things that you hear or see, and you will get signs. They will actually pick up a conversation from one person. You hear one person at the subway. You hear another person at the bus. You hear another person at the street corner. And it's one steady conversation. You're like, whoa, I get it. Or you go, you know, do I turn for home? And you're hiking out on some mountain trail. And all of a sudden you get hit with a blast of wind in the face. You're like, thank you. We also get symbols. Do I stay or do I go? The traffic light turns red in front of you. Hello. You know, should I take flight today or is this a day to stay grounded and a bird flies overhead? So they will speak to you in the language that they can get across most easily. Numbers, 111222444, you get it. They're always speaking to us. And then there are the synchronicities of, like I was mentioning earlier, you're about to call somebody, they call you. I was... I mentioned something about, I have a pet rooster, a whole different story, and I love him so dearly. I was talking to my wife about him in the kitchen and something to do with stopping. And I mentioned a sentence this morning about, well, and he just stopped and he loves his nursery rhyme music channels, which drive us insane. And a song started talking about red light, green light. And the first few words after I said stop were something, 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 stop. And when you get that, you said something and then it immediately appears on TV, radio, whatever. You go, wow, I get it. They're getting my attention. They're pulling the marionette strings so that I will recognize that they are here, that they are open, that I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. And they're asking through the three S's, the signs, the symbols, the synchronicities, if I would put out a request right now. What do I want from them? And I've heard this time after time that we are, you talked about the last piece was the Western society. Here in Western society in particular, but in some extent all around the world, until a few thousand years ago, certainly till the time of Aristotle and Plato, to say the least, we prayed to our elders all the time. We prayed to our ancestors all the time. We prayed to gods and goddesses and whomever all the time. And life was, heck, last year I was at the Yucatan Peninsula. I was invited down there for the Nobel Peace Prize Summit. 
And no, I don't have a Nobel Peace Prize, <laughs> but I was invited and it was so cool. But I'm down there at these Mayans temples and pyramids and you realize that life in that culture, there was no real separation between what was spirit and what was physical. It interacted and did a dance together. And we are still, we're the same beings that we were then. The difference is we no longer ask and invite in assistance. And so whether you call them angels, whether you call them guides, whether it's loved ones on the other side, whether it's ancestors who have been around for, you know, depending on the story, 150,000 years or maybe 150 million years on God knows what planet, depends on what story you put on it. But there are spirit form on the other side that have always been helping until we got this amnesia that says this is linear brain. I must logic my way through this. It's just science. And therefore, there's nothing on the other side. They're wanting to help us. They're by our side, layer after layer after layer after layer of energetic being are by our sides anytime wanting to help us. We must make the ask. Right. Well said. Well said. Because for the red light or the bird flyover to have a meaning, there has to be some kind of question asked. Otherwise, maybe it's just a bird or just a red light. But Maybe when you ask something, then the world is tweaked to give you a, a response that you will recognize. And I like that. So to get a little deeper into automatic writing and the uh, all 101 kind of stuff, you do say it's best to start first thing in the morning before any caffeine or anything like that. And then what are the major bullet points to the process for people who maybe, I mean, the term automatic writing is pretty clear, but Flesh that out a bit for us. So starting from the top, you can do this any time of the day, but is it best to do it when the rest of the world is quiet because it's easiest to hear the information from the other side. So I like to do it first thing in the morning and that's what I recommend people starting start with. You can also do this last thing at night as well. In essence, if you think of us as swimming in a field of energy and if you've flown over the East Coast or New York City or L.A. or wherever at night, you've seen all the lights on. Well, that is the field. That's not just people having their lights on. That's people having their minds on. And the more that people's minds are on, the harder it is to connect in the beginning. Over time, you can do great with it. So I recommend, though, that you do it either first thing in the morning or last thing at night to begin. And I like doing it in the morning as an attunement. And then what you're going to do is. You basically, when you start this, you go into a meditative state, and that's to help you get out of a state of thought. And actually, it's really cool. We interviewed Dr. Andrew Newberg for off or automatic writing experience. We talked about the science of automatic writing, and he's written about enlightenment in the brain. He's written about spirituality in the brain. He's really geeked out on the neuroscience of the brain and meditation of these things. And he studied automatic writing practitioners. And what he found is that the parts of the brain responsible for sense of self, the parts of the brain responsible for time and space, the parts of the brain responsible for writing, all power down when you do automatic writing. What this means is that it's best to do this. It's easiest to do this if you do this when you're half asleep. 
So you can literally get up in the morning, be half awake, chug some water, don't get your tea or coffee yet. Go do a brief little meditation, which kind of keeps the mind from going into a state of thought. Put on some headphones. I like putting on Theta Brain Entrainment music, which if you went to like automaticwriting.com and you get the book or the program, you get all sorts of music to do this with. You get yourself in this Theta Brain Wave state, this kind of sleepy half here, half not here state. And then you put your pen to paper. You write out a prayer to kind of protect you and surround you in this bubble of love and light and to help you go to the highest level energy that you can. You write out a second prayer to call in the angels or call in guides or to call in loved ones on the other side or as I'm channeling right now, not meaning this minute, but for class tomorrow, Wallace Waddles, call in whomever, whatever you want. And then you keep that pen on the paper. You start asking questions and you allow the pen to flow. In the beginning, I call it writing stupid. You're, you're writing, I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. Uh, good morning, angels and guides. I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. And maybe little snippets come in or entire sentences come in or you don't get anything at first, but you start to feel much better. And here's how this tends to break down as best as I've seen it, Greg. About 10% of people get really profound words of wisdom, lyrics, poetry, prose, right from day number one. I've never gotten lyrics, period. I don't know how they do it, but they do. Next 10% of people get pretty profound words of wisdom. Then about 60% of people, they get just tiny little snippets. You are loved. Everything is good. Everything is all right. Just these tiny little snippets to begin with. And then somewhere between 10 to 20% of people don't get anything for the first few weeks even, but they start to feel much better. And the reason that they feel much better is because automatic writing is an attunement. If you want to think of it three-dimensionally, I know we can go five-dimensional, we can go as many dimensions as we want. You are, in a sense, raising your energy up to reach the heavens, the angels, the guides, whomever, whatever you want to call it. And I make light of that because it doesn't matter what we label it. And then angels or guides are reaching down to connect with you helping draw your energy upwards. So even if you don't get any profound words to begin with, you start to feel much, much lighter. And that tenor or that timber changes everything. So in the beginning, so many people, particularly in this Western world where we're exhausted and overwhelmed right now, are stressed, worried, anxiety, anxious or depressed and just freaked out. And they're wearing a very heavy, dark cloak. But as they dive into automatic writing each day, even if they're not getting the profound words yet, and they come for everybody, starts to feel much better. And it's as if that cloak has been lifted off of them. Hmm. I like it. And you say in the book that you've never found a single client who could not rediscover powerful forward momentum and positive life direction when they began practicing automatic writing. Seems like a hell of an endorsement. And you mentioned Andrew Newberg. I was unfamiliar with him until reading your book, but I am familiar with Dean Radin. And they seem to be kindred spirits in that they're studying magic and spirit contact scientifically. There's also this note I took down where not only do different parts of the brain get engaged when uh, doing automatic writing, 
But apparently the brains of meditators and automatic writers are 50% thicker. Yes. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. The brain physiologically changes when we're plugged in. And I'll put this in my words, not Dr. Newberg's words, not Dr. Radin's words. But when we're plugged into the other side, the brain itself and all of its folds and all of its wrinkles is the greatest conduit, conductor, or if you want to call it antenna in the world. And we know everything else in this body works with a use it or lose it principle. So why not the mind for its greatest intention or greatest use, which is to plug into the greater mind and so when you do that it gets stimulated it lights up and apparently according to the science it grows thicker sort of like your muscles growing thicker as well <laughs> it is amazing but the data is the data so i mean lean into it and you started off in the very beginning mentioning some of the history there and i hope we could get a little bit deeper because if someone is rolling their eyes at this well Sometimes going over the history, just like the science, shows that there really is something here, and it's been pretty well established over time. What are some more of the aspects of automatic writing history that you find most interesting and convincing? The single most interesting piece is that it was used from 1840s, 1850s to the early 1900s as the single most important tool in psychology. It's while Carl Jung, Freud, used it as the single most important tool to plug into the subconscious and to be able to rewrite the subconscious and heal the subconscious. So the biggest endorsement that I can give it going through history is just how powerfully this was used and used quite successfully. Now we can certainly go to the new thought movement of today and how that was used, of course in miracles, and how that was used. We can go to so many different channel texts and how automatic writing came out of that. But to me, I like going to the science geeks who were using it to change lives. Now you can go to a Salvador Dali, you can go to the whole surrealism movement, who are using automatic writing. You can look at some of your most famous poets who are using automatic writing. Heck, you can go to Houdini and his wife and you've got automatic writing. This has been used for so long, it just didn't have a label. So ultimately, at the end of the day, each and every one of us has that small whisper, has that still voice inside of us and if we're a writer, for example, writers since time immemorial have said the words just came to them. The words spilled out on the page. The book wrote itself. Hmm. That's automatic writing. All I'm doing through this book is giving you the technology to make it easier to tune into the words and voice that's already there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm always interested in what seems to be some kind of relationship between the potency of even fiction, like the way it resonates with a large amount of people and the author's illusions that the book wrote itself. Like you say, like Tolkien and Lord of the Rings, that seems to be a good example. It 
resonates with everyone. It permeates the culture. It spans time. It's a classic. And it seems like the imagery that comes out of some fiction, the easier it is to visualize, seems to have a relationship with the author describing the ease in which the imagery came to them. And I think that's kind of interesting. It's well put. The author is a conduit. And what's really cool is that spirit will come in the form that the conduit can most easily understand. So if somebody writes Shakespearean prose, it's going to come through as Shakespearean prose. And a perfect example is one of my all-time favorite, if not my single all-time favorite spiritual author, which is Paul Selig. And the guides speak to him and poetry, lyrics, and prose that is very Shakespearean because that's what he actually taught at NYU. So they're going to use the vessel or the vehicle and the way that ease most easily resonates with him. So they are doing that on an individual basis when spirit speaks to us, but they're also doing it on a collective basis. We all have these collective, what would be the word for it? A creature that has a head of a man with a body of an animal. Chimera? Dragons. Yes, thank you. Dragons and all of these other images that have been with us since time immemorial. And so it makes sense. And there's probably a very good reason for this. And sort of if you go into an ayahuasca experience and other experience, you will get similar creatures and visions. There is a language beyond language of signs and symbols that we are all familiar with. Again, going back to our collective amnesia. And so just like in Tolkien or many of the others, it will be brought forth in that language so that it is easiest for us to relate and connect to. And what's cool is these images and these characters, you can say, have greater meaning to them, just like pulling Excalibur, pulling a sword out of the stone, have greater meaning to them than the words themselves could portend. Each one of those images is so infused and filled with meaning. And since we live in a symbolic universe, whereas I like to say, and I joke with my wife all the time when I can't find the words, I say language is not my first language. Hmm. It's signs, symbols, and synchronicities. And before that, it's energy. So it makes sense when that author is in that energetic state that they give us the most greatest visuals in the world that completely transcend whatever you, words they're using to get us there. Wow. Wow. I like it. You definitely have a knack for explaining complex things. And I wanted to ask you about this. You have a line in the beginning of the book that is kind of provocative where you write, when you learn how to plug in and connect to the universe, connect with your wisdom or your guides, you'll learn how important this time is, why your soul chose to incarnate during this time, how special you are and what you're capable of doing and where to go from here. And I like that a lot because this is certainly a unique point in the timeline. And I don't think we manifested here to be locked up inside, glued to the TV or caught in a stress loop about how we're going to pay our bills. It feels like we're in a transition and maybe we chose this time so that we could help facilitate that transition or lead others into a better way of living if we could only hone in on that purpose. Is that the vibe you get? Is that what you're talking about there? So we have our individual story. We're all expanding. We're all growing. We're all consciousness trying to experience itself in this growth process. 
and we are a collective doing the same thing. And I guess you can call it a third tier, although it's not really from lower to higher. We are in a period of humanity at a bifurcation. And I'm, I'm using that from one of my dear friends and mentor of mine, Dr. Irvin Laszlo, a two-time Nobel Peace Prize nominee, who talks about we can either, as humanity, drive ourselves right off the cliff, we could go that way, or we can ascend like an electron moving up to the next state. We can have an electron state change. We all chose to come here during this time to participate in this journey. And I believe to facilitate this journey. I was wrong, Greg. I used to say the time of the monk in the cave is over. We need to come out and participate. I was wrong because I didn't understand what energy really means. So if you are at home, even if you're locked up, muzzled up, I don't care what you want to call it up. If you are working on your energy, on the inside, if you are learning how to raise your vibration or your frequency, it's all cumulative. It affects the entire field. So if that's all you were to do, that itself is enough. I believe we were all called here for greatness, though, to step into our truest power, whatever that means. So we come to Earth, you can say fall to Earth, we dust ourselves off as a baby, we go, why the hell am I here? What am I here to do? We stumble our way through into adulthood or into whatever means we can start to plug into spirit. We either start to hear spirit, write to spirit, or we feel a tug in our heart. Hello, that is spirit. And we allow ourselves to participate in the greatest game. Hmm. Now you are rocking this world for all it's worth. But I don't want to place judgment, which means if all you do is sit in your cave this lifetime and on occasion you work on yourself, that too is enough. But I believe there's something even more waiting for you. Well said. And I agree with you. It seems like we are at a fork in the road. And the hope is that we do kind of ascend or choose this higher path. I get frustrated because so often with myself, the guests, the audience, our general positions and interests tend to be the minority. So we can only control ourselves. And I get a little concerned about this collective leaning and which way it might be going. Is there any way that you know of to get a sort of sense of which way we're collectively leaning or how much further we have to go to get to the, the fork in the road that we would want to be on? I can only go, Greg, by both my feeling or my intuitive hit and what I get out of my automatic writing. And what that suggests is the darkness before the dawn, which is that if you take an electron before it goes up in state, if you take a rocket ship before it takes off, they're very violent. They're very chaotic. If you take a snapshot at the moment, it's a holy crap moment where everything's going down and it doesn't look too good. But is that just the rearranging of the molecules, the particles or the thrust that's about to help you leap up to that next state? So we cannot judge based on what we're seeing with our eyes. We know things are radically shifting. OK, I can go on to Netflix and I can see dozens of zombie movies and our killer movies and gun movies. I have what I affectionately call our dream team, our Inspire Nation team all across the globe. And I've got two of the most amazing team members, my personal assistant and his wife in Gaza. 
and they were hiding out for the last two weeks with bombs falling all around them. And I can go, oh my God, what is going on with this world? This is 2021. We shouldn't be here. That's placing judgment, which is a dangerous thing to do itself. But if I realize this is just the chaos of the rearranging of the molecules and there's something greater going on. Okay, I saw the zombie movies, but did you also see the yoga? Did you also see the talk about enlightenment? Did you also see the talk about source? Did you also see how many people talk about spirit and the universe and have a whole different language of communicating right now? Did you also see how plugged in people are? Did you also see, did you also see, did you also see? So it depends on which lens we choose to view this with right now. Mm. And I am viewing this from an aperture that's stepped 10 steps, 100 steps, 1,000 steps or more back through my meditation, through my automatic writing that says objects in the mirror are not as they appear to be. <laughs> Do not judge on face value. You guys are going somewhere. Now, I will see it when I believe it. We have a choice, Greg. That's why your show is so important. That's why all of the work that all of us are doing, that's why my show is so important. I say my, I'm going to put that in quotes, the dream team show, your show, our show, everything. We're all one. But the work that we are doing, the work that your listeners are doing, anyone listening here today are doing, is we have a choice to make. Because we will see it when we believe it. It's the same choice that Einstein may or may not have made officially the quote. Do we choose to believe that this is a loving, kind universe? Or do we choose to believe that this is a dangerous, bad universe? And that goes far beyond whatever story you want to put of why we're here. That is the ultimate choice. And whether you say it, whether it's A or B, on this level of the playing field, you're correct. We can choose our way off of the cliff. We can choose our way to a higher level of existence. Now, at the end of the day, I believe in this phrase, God is. What that means, and I don't believe in a bearded white guy up in the sky or anything even close to that. What that means is that consciousness is expanding. Everything serves that expansion process. Everything serves that spiraling upwards. So on one level, there are some really horrific, horrific things that are going on today that you can't help but go, WTF, are you kidding me? On another level, even that is here to serve us. Hmm. Wow, preach, Brother Michael. <laughs> That's great stuff, yes. And it's very empowering. We are in the middle of a story and we should trust and believe that we'll get to the resolution we want at the end of it. We got to trust the universe. I'm with you there. And I would say practice your way. Do something like automatic writing so it's not a blind faith trust. Test it. Bathe yourself in it. Make this your life purpose is to experience it. Go be a Dean Radin or another scientist or whatever that looks like to you. So it's not just about going into the church and just say, I believe but let's actually play with this stuff. That's why your listeners love you. You're giving them tools to play with it. <laughs> yes, indeed, man. I'm all charged up. Hopefully Ooh. I can keep a handle on that, or I guess I should say I will keep a handle on that and I will remain charged for the end of my days, I guess. Well, 
one of the things, so Greg, and I do want everybody go to automaticwriting.com and check this out and try it for yourself. But with that said, what you get, and I have no other way of putting this, I'm speaking through the voice of automatic writing. I'm in somewhat of an automatic writing state as I'm speaking to you right now. And you get this in automatic writing too. There's a cumulative effect. There's a cumulative effect. If I was to speak with you, Greg, time after time, you get higher and higher and higher, not like smoking drugs, but you're getting an attunement when I'm speaking with you because of the time I've spent in automatic writing. When you dive into automatic writing, you're getting that same attunement and you don't need me for it. Hey, that's even better. How does it get any better than this? You just need your pen and paper, but it has a cumulative effect. Your energy starts to go up more. It starts to go up more and it starts to go up more. I'm not talking about this buzzy, I got to go run a marathon, give me a tennis racket, squirrel on crack, but talking about vibrating at a higher level, which means better decisions, more clarity, easier time stepping forward, feeling less resistance. Great, great. Yes. And everyone has a pen and paper. So the tools are right there. And man, this has just been so awesome. You seem to have a lot of irons in the fire, as they say, and you definitely practice what you preach. Let people know about the range of your offerings and programs that you've put together before I let you go. Thank you so much, Greg. So most importantly, you can get automatic writing. You can get it the book. You can get our whole video-based program with live classes at automaticwriting.com. We've got lots of free gifts and bonuses. If you bought your book at Amazon, if you bought your book and you're my hero and you bought it at your local bookseller, you just get us your receipt and you can do that at automaticwriting.com. And we get loads of goodies and bonuses and brain entrainment music and stuff you'll get by bringing it over. I always recommend people get wild four copies of the book, one for you, one for a loved one so they don't steal your book, one for somebody desperately in need who's in that funk, and one for your local library. Make a gift to your local library. Talk about the boomerang effect. Give one to your local library so anybody can access it. So that's automatic writing. Then you can attend all of our live YouTube events every Sunday night where I'll have a talk similar to this on a specific topic having to do with energy, having to do with manifestation or law of attraction, having to do with angels. You can find that on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com backslash inspire nation show. We do an interview every Tuesday night, every Thursday night on YouTube as well. So you can check those out. And then you can attend our manifestation mastery circle classes. And that's group coaching from the masters. That's every Wednesday night, four Wednesdays a month. And that you can attend by going to inspirenationuniversity.com and you'll see the Manifestation Mastery Circle there. And that's where a lot of your homies get together and we all go down this road together. You've got Facebook pages and groups you'll be able to join. You'll have so many amazing people there going through this journey with you. And it is a fantastic opportunity to learn how to get in alignment and some of the greatest tools from the greatest masters to do this journey. But most importantly, it's fun. There's nothing that I will do with you that is not hopefully a little bit joyous and fun because I think this world is too serious to be taken seriously. Hmm. We must bring more fun. You must bring more fun into the game. <laughs> and it's interesting, Greg, a lot of people at first 
when they see me, they go, who is this woohoo guy? Why do I want anything to do with him? He's not very serious about this stuff. And then something about the energy, most people draws him in. Some people are repels. It's okay. You can't be everything to everyone. But after my first near-death experience, this childlike joy that you see in me or hear in me, this woohoo came through and ain't nothing stopping that. And people get that out of our classes. <laughs> yeah, I definitely had a hunch that potentially your near-death experiences might have something to do with your energetic connection, because that seems to be a tale as old as time, that certain people develop a more potent connection to the spirit because of those experiences. So blessings in disguise, as they say. Absolutely. I wouldn't wish it on anyone ever, <laughs> ever, ever. But if you've been fortunate enough to have one and you are able to navigate the, oh my God, I'm back here. What the heck am I doing? <laughs> then you can use it for something very, very special. Carl Jung had one and he really struggled with it for many years saying, you know, God, source, universe, whomever, why am I back here? <laughs> what did you do to me? But he used it for a lot of good. He used it for a lot of good. Yeah. Wow. Well, just great insights. I'm definitely going to have to go back and listen to this. You are not your typical wizard alchemist, a modern mage for the digital age, perhaps. But man, it's just a lot of fun. The book is great, full of little hacks that I never thought of. And it's great at helping you make well-defined goals and strengthening our manifestation abilities. So I hope people check it out and take that 30-day challenge. Been a real pleasure. Thanks for taking the time. Keep fighting the good fight, my man. Thank you so much, Greg. And for you and everyone out there, you are love. You came from love. You couldn't be anything other than love. You have so much magnificent greatness inside of you. Don't let anybody else tell you less and above and beyond all else shine bright. Woohoo! Thank you, Greg. Amen. Now go set that record. Go set that personal best. All right. Will do. Let me know when this goes live. I'll share it out to everybody I can and have a magnificent afternoon, Greg. You too. You're the man. Take care. You too. Take care. It's the end of the world as we know it, but I feel fine. The relentlessly positive Michael Sandler coming in for the win. Woohoo, indeed. <laughs> His energy is the most contagious thing I've encountered recently, and that's a beautiful thing. But I've been psyched to get this one out because I think it's going to be pretty popular. Not only is he just a good speaker, but the subject matter is right up our alley. Ever since I read the book and recorded this, I've wanted to get more into this automatic writing thing. I have my intention prayer from the book printed out along with my invocation. But I just can't seem to get myself awake, or half awake, really, in those morning hours. And it does make sense that you want to get up before the rest of the world, because you can hear the spirits better without distractions. And if you have a hard time hearing spirit, then it makes even more sense. But I'm intrigued, and he makes such a great case for it, and the fact that you can really ask anything through automatic writing. What can I do to hear spirit better? What would be the best modality for me to engage with manifestation techniques? You could have the spirits critique your manifestation statements, even. You could almost say it's like tarot with infinite cards. 
but I've been thinking about my tendency to overplan and under-execute since talking to Christian Elliott. And if you have this kind of personality type that wants to do things in the most efficient way or not at all, I could see how this process could really help with dialing that in. And apparently you can channel your dead heroes. Maybe even ghostwrite a new book from Terrence McKenna or George Carlin. You can actually meet your guides and get detailed advice from them. It just seems pretty amazing and pretty potent. You don't even need to draw out a pentagram or sacrifice the neighbor's dog. How about that? But inevitably, every time we do a show about magic or contact from the other side, there will be people who comment, I think all these beings are deceptive and it's all negative and evil and you shouldn't do shows like this. But I see that perspective as residue from just another branch on the authority tree telling people not to engage with things that can improve their life. Just put your money on the collection plate and eat your cracker. <laughs> and hey, you do you. Sure, let the Prada-slippered Pope in the Gold Palace tell you where the line is. And I try to avoid all-or-nothing thinking, because there's always an exception. And usually those telling you to stay in your ignorant little box are the biggest hypocrites and are way worse factors on reality than anything they're warning you away from due to some made-up concern for your well-being. Plus, this is the kind of show with just the kind of personality that makes it obvious that there's an entire other dimension to magic and contact that should be completely in line with anyone's values or way of life. The world is magical. It's not really a choice. You can choose to ignore those dimensions of reality, but I think you're only selling yourself short. And just because you choose to ignore it doesn't make the universe any less magical. So this was a home run, if you ask me, and it's just fun stuff. Why not try it? It feels like an episode that combined the best of John Michael Greer and Christian Elliott. Time-wise, it came in a little short because we had to keep re-establishing the connection and having him backtrack and refind his place. Ugh, it's why I'm done with Skype. I'm moving on. The next episode, the final show of June, is already recorded, but going forward, I don't plan to use Skype again unless I have a guest who is completely technically inept and really insists on it. It's been super glitchy lately, and Zoom hasn't been much better, but I have a bold new process I want to try, and I think it will be as good as it can be. But at least Michael had good equipment. Being a podcaster himself, he knows the deal. So super happy with this interview. Michael is great. Check out the book if you have an interest in automatic writing. Check out the podcast if you're interested in any of the other things we talked about. If books really aren't your style, he has the automatic writing course as well. That might help you stay accountable. And as always, sign up for Plus if you like what I do and treat yourself to twice as much show for the small offering of $8 a month. In today's second half, we talked about Michael's discovery of past spirit contracts, renegotiating those spirit contracts, clues and indications you might have pending spirit contracts, the spoken word versus the written word for magical potency, the ins and outs of spirit guides and our relationship with them, lucid dreaming, learning from and communicating with your role models, the relationship between illness and out-of-balance energy, Michael's manifestation hacks, and a lot of other stuff. 
Not only was this a pretty good episode, but there are many shows in the archive. A lifetime forum membership just waiting for you, and access to all the THC music. Help me help you, and I'll see you next time. Your move, spirit guides, archangels, and entities on the other side. Your fucking move. This is important, hear what I said. I'm trying to tell you. It's not paranoia, not in my head. It's just the hard truth. Knocked on your door while I still can to ask you a question. Cause I know your head is still in the sand. Don't be sheep to your slaughter for the rest of your life. Oppressed, oppressed, but you're getting woke. You say you don't want to be stressed until the day you die. Tough luck, my friend. Did you get the memo? Can't you see that we're so screwed? Don't you know we're our kung fu? Can't you just admit we're screwed? I'm gonna tell you this anyway. It's a scary dark world. Scarier every day. Scary dark world. No matter what you say. Scary dark world. Don't think we'll be okay. Can't you see that we're so But we don't have a choice It seems we're stuck here But you can find noses Drown out the noise Now use that altar And up your magic game And listen to THC You know You go with the entities If you ever see the UFO Don't be sheep to your slaughter For the rest of your life Oppressed, oppressed But you're getting you say you don't want to be stressed until the day you die Tough luck, my friend Did you get the memo? Can't you say that we're so screwed? Don't you know we're our kung fu? Can't you just admit we're screwed? I'm gonna tell you this anyway It's a scary dark world Scarier every day Scary dark world Just